Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You know, today we're going to continue this series, The Great Escape, that Pastor Paul started last week, and he did such an incredible message last week. If you were in church, uh, kicking off the series up until Christmas, The Great Escape, and he was speaking around freedom and liberty, and really highlighted the fact, like uh, Pastor TC just talked about just before, that, you know, 2020 has been nuts. It's been crazy. It's brought a whole lot of negative headlines our way, lots of ups and downs for, I'd say, all of us. Uh, We've had our patience tested. Uh, our income tested, we've had our relationships, you know, like strengthened and, and challenged. It's been, it's been wild, it's been crazy. And in our humanity, I think when you look at that, we, we all have to, you know, take on these prison cells that we may find ourselves in. And, you know, 2020, for many of us, has probably highlighted some of those things in our lives that maybe God wants us to deal with. It's probably brought to the surface some of the challenges, you know, things like our past residue or fear, insecurities. Maybe there's generational echo of pain or addiction or that we simply feel stuck. But really, this year has brought to the surface some of the things that we need to face and confront and not, and not allow to, to live in our lives. He said these amazing points, and, and the first one was this, that this, the great escape begins when we challenge captivity with honest confession. And we challenge captivity with honest confession. And that the great escape strengthens when we limit captivity within kingdom purpose. And then finally, he said, the great escape liberates when we exchange our captivity in Christ's freedom. And I think that's so true. And and that would be my prayer, my hope today, that some of us would make an exchange with Christ. That we would exchange our captivity. We would exchange our position in our internal prison cell for the freedom that he has for us. That we wouldn't have to go home feeling like we're trapped or stuck, that we'd go home knowing that we're saved and set free. So today we're going to focus in on focus. So we're going to focus in on this topic of focus when it comes to the great escape, that the reality that we can only escape our prisons if we have the right focus when we're in them. And I know for a number of people in here, like in the first service, in this service, that the Holy Spirit is going to illuminate to you prison identification. Because who knows, we all have blind spots, right? You can go through life not actually realizing that you're in a prison. Not actually realizing that this thing that you've been through or something that's happened to you is actually still causing you to live trapped. That there's still an area of freedom that God wants you to have in your life. And it's not sometimes until you come into a service like this that the Holy Spirit will go, hey, it's this. I had a, I had a guy, an older guy come up to me after the first service and he came and he's just like, I've just got to say, sorry, I had to walk out because I was in tears because God, it's like you're talking to me. He highlighted something that I needed freedom from that I've had in my life for years. And I didn't know that I was trapped. But I know now that I've got to deal with it. And I know there's going to be some others in this room today. And you, you're going to have an encounter, a moment with, with God where you go, oh my goodness, there's a, there's a prison that I'm living in. And I didn't know, but now I know. And in that moment, I believe God's going to release freedom into your life. Because He doesn't just highlight the prison that we're in and leave us in it. He's not some sort of, you know, crazy dictator God that would do that sort of thing to you. No, He's a God that would illuminate it and then free you if you would just give it over to Him. So I believe some of that's going to happen today, which is cool. So we're going to open up the Scripture, and we're going to read from Acts 16. And this has been spoken of a number of times this year. And it's where Paul and Silas have been in prison for living out the gospel. And I love how the passion translation 
uh, in the Bible, the Scripture, they, they, they've got titles over the different passages of Scripture before you read them, if you know what I'm talking about. And, and it says this, and they, and they put it this way, miracles can come out of painful places. I'm like, well, that, that, that spoke to me. And it's so true today that miracles can come out of painful places, that if you feel like you're in a painful place right now, or if God highlights an area that, that is a painful place, then know that miracles can come out of that. And we're in, a, we're in a house of breakthrough here, and miracles happen in this place because Jesus chooses to presence himself here. So in Acts 16, 23 to 36, we're going to read. It says, After they were severely beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. To the, so the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison and had their feet bound and chained. Paul and Silas, undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God, while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. And suddenly a great earthquake shook the foundations of the prison, and all at once every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. Startled, the jailer awoke and saw every cell door standing open. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself when Paul shouted in the darkness, Stop! Don't hurt yourself! We're all still here. And the jailer called for a light. And when he saw that they were all still in their cells, he rushed in and fell trembling at their feet. Then he led Paul and Silas outside and asked, What must I do to be saved? And they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and all your family. Then they prophesied the word of the Lord over him and all his family. And even though the hour was late, he washed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized. He took Paul and Silas into his home and set them at his table and fed them. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. At daybreak, the magistrates sent officers to the prison with orders to tell the jailer, let these two men go. And the jailer informed Paul and Silas, the magistrates have sent orders to release you, so you're now free, uh, so you're free to go now. So God, we just thank you that there is freedom in your name, that when we lift up your name, when we fix our focus, our attention, our gaze upon you, when we call upon your name, exalt you, that freedom is a result of your presence in our lives. And God, I pray that today in this room, for every single person listening with their ears attentive to the Word of God, I ask that freedom would come to their household today. And God, we thank you that you're here, that you're with us, and that you're for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's, a, it's an amazing passage of Scripture that really declares the power of God to break chains. And I know we can come into church, we can hear that, but it's another thing to hear it, and it's another thing to really receive it and believe it, that yes, He can. This is not just some random story that's made up. These are factual, historic things that have taken place, recorded in the Bible, so that we can be inspired today that the God who was working it then is the same God working today, that he has the power to break the chains in our lives and to set us free, to set the captives free, and that with that undaunted spirit of prayer and praise in our lives, we can see that happen for ourselves. And it's not that we can try and get out of these prisons in our natural ability sometimes. It's the supernatural power of God that frees us. I mean, you can try in your own strength, but it'll only get you so far. The reality is, for the prisons that we may find ourselves in, it's the supernatural power of God is the very thing that'll break us free. You know, Paul and Silas had such an intent focus. 
that despite their current realities, nothing would hold them back from being free, from praising the name of Jesus, from uplifting him, a determined focus on Jesus and understanding that he sets the captives free both externally and internally, that despite being imprisoned, they would still praise his name. Maybe you feel like in prison. I want to encourage you, don't stop praising his name. Don't stop lifting up the name of Jesus. Don't stop believing for your, for your freedom. Don't stop believing that there can be a better day, a better tomorrow. You see, they also knew that Jesus was the fulfillment of Scripture. There was written in Isaiah 61.1 that says, He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. See, our focus can be linked to our freedom when we find ourselves in a personal prison. So today we're going to look at two things that I believe focus gives us when we're in that prison, that when we're finding ourselves in need of a great escape. And the first thing that focus gives us is this, the ability to gain clarity in confusion. The ability to gain clarity in confusion. I mean, have you ever found yourself in a state of confusion? Anybody out here? Come on, let's have some honesty. You've you found yourself confused. You know, confused like me at school, trying to read some of the, you know, math books and stuff like that. Just, I don't get this. This is beyond me. Uh, what, what's the purpose of algebra ever in my life? There is no need for it. I am confused. And uh, like I, I heard something, I read this article or whatever. I, I heard that some mum actually caught their like seven-year-old daughter asking, is it Alexa? You know, those like little um, connected devices, like a Google, Amazon device. The, the questions for the homework? You know, like, <laughs> I was like... That is genius. I mean, she had to unplug it, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that at school. I didn't have access, show my age, I didn't have access to, you know, like Google and all that sort of stuff, and, and I just, I'd find myself confused, and, you know, confusion is not a great place or a great state to live in. You don't really move forward in life when, you, when you're confused. You're kind of a bit stuck, and, uh, you know, a number of months ago, Zara and I, we purchased a, our family home, and, you know, it was, it was an awesome purchase. Uh, and it, it was a Renault project, but I just want to tell you, it's a real good Renault project. Like, so good. There's a lot of opportunity. There's, a, there's you know, the, the opportunities are endless. And I just thank you for the, the Lord's overflowing generosity in this renovation project. And you go in, you look at a house, and at the start, you don't, you don't see everything. But then suddenly you find there's lots of things to do. Like, lots of things. And, and I love that my, my wife just thanks the good Lord Jesus for daylight savings, that I can come home and, how good is this, babe? As she leans over the deck as sweat's pouring from my brow. How good is this, daylight savings? Look how long you can work till. This is incredible. You can get so much done. You can get so much done. So good. I'm blessed. You know, and, and, and you look at this, and one of the things that's part of our project is the kitchen. Now, we've got a lot of work to do on this kitchen. We've got one little gas hob that works and not much else. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to decide on what this kitchen's going to look like. Now, my wife's expectations are very, very high, and I, I love that. Like, babe, that's amazing. You have those high expectations. But there's this other thing called a budget. <laughs> so we have expectations, and we have budget. And somehow... You know, I've tried to get this one to come down a bit, and it's probably moved higher. And so, <laughs> you know, this is, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm in fresh challenge right now, guys. This is, this is fresh, and I've got to try and somehow get this to come up. 
like magically. I don't know, but it's not moving very far. Anyway, so, you know, uh, we're talking about the plans and we're going over the kitchen and I'm talking about what it could look like. You know, I'm very visual. I think in images. I, I'm, I, I can just picture stuff. So I don't necessarily need to write it down. I can already, like, I can picture the shelves and the drawers and the height and the length and all of that stuff. I can just stand in a room and go, yep, I can see it. And my wife is the complete opposite. So I'm standing in the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, babe. So, you know, we're going to have this here and we could do this and it would look like this and then there and there's going to be this and then there's drawers and we'll move the pantry from there to there and we'll put some lights up here and it's all sorted and it's, that's going to be at a great price. And then she's like, I don't see it. I, I don't get it. I don't get what you're saying. I'm like, how do you not get it? Like, I'm saying this so clearly. It makes complete sense. And she goes, no, I can't, I can't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, no, but if we take this here and we put this here and then like, we'll just shorten this by 200 mil to here and then we can just walk through really easy. She's like, I, I, no, I, I don't see it. I can't, I can't picture it. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not making any sense to me. You know, and I try and draw it for her because I'm an elaborate sketch artist. You know, so I draw that. And then she's like, I still don't get what you're talking about. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, how do you not understand? And then she stands there and she goes, how do you not understand? How do you not get it? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm just like, oh, whatever. And I just walk off as any man does and goes and just sits on the couch and just, you know, TV on. And I'm just like, okay, just, okay, yep. And confusion set in. We're confused, you know, we're not on the same page. And it's amazing that when confusion sets in, we go nowhere. We don't achieve anything. And we find ourselves in a place where it's, the only way forward is clarity. We've got to get on the same page. And I wonder sometimes we go through life and we find ourselves in situations where we're confused. There's actually no way to move forward unless we have clarity in our lives. And so when you focus, it gives us an ability to gain clarity that confronts the confusion. And it's crazy that when that confusion sets in, when we go nowhere, we're left frustrated. You know, we feel trapped in our current situation. Maybe there's no sense of hope that anything could change, or we feel stuck, or we, maybe we want to give up. Just throw it all in, like me with my math. Ah, it's worthless. Chuck it all out. Or just go to the back of the book and get all the answers and write them down. You know, like when you're confused and you're not quite sure how things are going to figure out with your life, it can be easy to just go, ah, it's too hard. Ah, I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know a way forward. So you just throw it all out and you just give up. You know, the things we go through in life can either leave us confused, sliding down like that spiral of the, I don't know what to do next. I don't want, know what my life's going to pan out like. I don't know what's going to happen with my kids or my job. Or, you know, why me? Why am I trapped in this? Why did this have to happen to me? Could have happened my neighbor. You know, Lord, could have gone to them. Have you seen how they live? Like, so annoying. Wish they were in this, not me. Like, we can find ourselves in these places if we're confused. Or it can propel our focus to seek clarity. So you can, confusion, you can either keep living in that spiral. Or you can go, hold on, I'm going to focus in here. I'm going to gain some clarity and find a way forward to confront this confusion in my life. You know, we can either focus on the prison bars that we're trapped behind, or we can see through them to what's on the other side, what God has for us. Because it'd be so easy, right, when you're in your challenge to just look at the bars, holding on to them. Why am I here? What's going on? I don't understand it. Why, why me? Why me again? Why did this have to happen to me? I was 10 years old. Why did I have to go through this? I'm still living with this pain. You know, why did my spouse have to leave me? And you're looking at the bars. You're looking at the prison bars. You're looking at the thing that entraps you. Or 
You can acknowledge that they're there, but you can see through the gap to what God has for you and go after the freedom. And that's what focused clarity gives you. It gives you an ability to see through those bars to what's on the other side. And when you see what's on the other side, it's amazing how something inside of you will shift. You start going, there is something out there for me. There is more. God has more. There is something on the other side. So the truth about focus is really how we see determines what we see. So how we see determines what we see, and only we can take ownership of what we focus on. I can't take ownership for you. Maybe someone might point it out, but really we're the ones that have to take ownership for what we focus on. My boy Nico, he's a, he's a little champion. He's out doing round two of Kids Church this morning, and he's four years old, four and a half, and he's into sport, just loves sport, so passionate about it. One of the sports he loves is basketball, and he, like, he's all about it, and he's the kind of kid that'll change his outfits multiple times a day, depending, like, if he's going to go outside and kick the ball and round in rugby, he's like, hold on, Dad, runs off to the bedroom, comes back, he's got boots on, full outfit, you know, the All Blacks, the Blues, the Warriors, so that's, that's what he'll change into if it's basketball, hold on, Dad, you know, goes, gets changed, comes out, he's got his Lakers singlet on, and uh, not that I brainwashed him, you know, like, it's actually his choice uh, who he supports, and... and I'm just there to just help him along that journey. So, you know, he's out there training. He loves to train. It's crazy. He's four years old. I'm not kidding you. I don't have to force this. Like, he'll watch games. He'll watch training vids on YouTube about basketball, and he'll go out and practice that stuff at four years old. I'm like, you're my early retirement plan. (laughs) Get it, son. What do you need? So anyway, he's out there shooting and shooting, and he'll only shoot by himself for so long, and then he just yells inside, Dad, one-on-one. Like, do you know who you're talking to, son? Look at me. One-on-one. You got nothing on me. Bring it on. You know, and I sort of, we go out there, and, you know, he won't let me go and put my Lakers jersey on because he's the Lakers. I've got to be the, the enemy. I've got to be the evil one, which is another team. So we go out there and we're playing on one-on-one. The thing about Nico is that he's so into sport that he goes wild. It's like something fizzes in his brain. It's like he just goes crazy. You know, like he loses all sight of normality. And he's just like, you know, I'm like, dude, you can't punch, you can't kick, and you can't tackle in basketball. And he's just, you know, and I'm just like dribbling around him and all this. And he's just, I can step out of the way and he'll go flying into the edge of the deck. It's quite entertaining, actually. You know, but he, he's so wild in his pursuit of trying to stop me sometimes that he's like falling over and all of this sort of stuff. And I literally often, I kid you not, I grab the ball and I hold it. I'm like, chill, chill out, calm down. Dude, bud, focus. I'm like, buddy, focus. And you can see him like his brain like from like a bobblehead to like, Choo. you know? <laughs> I'm like, focus, mate, you're going all over the place. You're wild. You're going crazy. You need to focus. I'm like, you know what to do, okay? You know how to play defense. It's the crab, all right? Get down in the crab and just, you know, <laughs> the crab, focus. And we, had the, we had this discussion like three days ago. You know, this is, this is real. This happens all the time. I'm like, focus. And as soon as he locks in and as soon as he focuses, that crazy wild confusion goes, and he's actually able to, like, stop me. And it's, it's pretty awesome, you know? But it's amazing that sometimes we, we need to focus, can't just go wild and go crazy trying to just go through life. You know, like, focus. Focus. 
You know, our lack of focus can lead to the enemy's victory. I mean, when he's gone, when he's all over the place, I can school him. It's a piece of cake. But when he focuses, he's actually pretty good. You know, we don't have a lot of room to work with, but the reality is that our, our focus and our determined focus can lead, lead to the enemy's demise, that we can live in victory. It gives us an ability to see clearly through the confusion and through the darkness. So not only does focus give us the ability to gain clarity and confusion, focus also gives us the determination to fight for freedom, to fight for our freedom, a determination. Some of us, we need to get determination today. Maybe you've tried, maybe you've tried to go after freedom and it hasn't happened yet. Don't give up. Don't let go of that. You know, I was talking to a mum out in the foyer, I was just encouraging you, don't give up. Don't give up believing for your kids. Like, don't, like, my mum, she would always tell me, I'm praying for you. I'm like, shut up. You know, like, literally, like, shut up, mum, I don't want to hear it. She's like, I love you, I love you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. You tell me all the time. And this is when I'm away from God, drinking, partying, drugs, all that sort of stuff. And she was just so consistent. Not just her, my grandma. Oh, my grandma. You know, what do I need to add to my prayer list? Oh, nothing. No, she's got to have something. I'm like, I got nothing. And this is like week after week, month after month, year after year. And I'll tell you, it's all sunk in. And I believe it's because of their faithfulness, their ability to fight for me, to fight for my freedom that I'm doing what I'm doing today. I believe it's my praying mum and my praying grandma that allowed for me to have a God encounter in the most wild and unexpected of places in a crazy time in my life. Don't lose hope. Get a dogged determination to fight for freedom, whether it be your own or your family or your neighbor, whoever. Don't let go of that. You know, for many of us, we can go through moments of life and we can feel like we're trapped. We can feel like we're stuck. We can feel like we're trapped by our circumstances or trapped by our mindsets or trapped in our past pain. And it may lead to us feeling like giving up, throwing the towel in. Like I've said, like, what's the point? Why bother fighting anymore? I'm tired. I'm exhausted. It may even give us a sense of being overwhelmed, like wave after wave is coming at you. Anyone else ever feel like that? Maybe at work. I can't be the only one that looks at my inbox and my task list and be like, oh, tidal wave coming at me. You know, the, the, the freaking out of like, how am I going to get this all done? You know, 2020 has been a great year for that. It's been a great year for us to be, to, you know, to feel overwhelmed and you know, last Wednesday, I'm sitting looking at my, my task list, and I've got all this work in front of me. I've got inboxes piling up. Everyone wants stuff from me. And I just sit there and stare at my screen. <laughs> Anyone else ever do that? You're like, you just, uh-huh. And you just go to like a fairyland, you know? Like, I don't know. You've gone to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory in your head, and you're just sitting there with Augustus Gloop drinking chocolate out of a chocolate river. Just you know, and there's fairies and whatever, I don't know, but you just would like wish it away, but we can't, and you can feel overwhelmed, and that's in that moment, you need to like lock in, you need to focus, you go, come on, let's take this thing on, come on, let's, let's go at it, I've got to go after it, and it's not like you can just keep letting things go, flow over into the next week anymore, like for many of us, we've got holidays coming up, and you can't just be like, oh, so full on, I'll just get to that next week, and get to that next week, Suddenly, it's like it's all going to start banging up against the wall of like, I'm going to be out of the office in like a week. I've got no choice. I've got to get this done. Maybe that's like some of us and in, in the, in the pain and the, and the things that we've got to deal with. It's like, I'll get to it next week. Like, I'll get to it next week. 
But I'm telling you, you will hit a wall. If you don't deal with it here and now, you'll hit a wall. So you can either experience the pain of hitting that wall, or you can experience the pain that it brings you to freedom. And that pain is dealing with your stuff and acknowledging that hurt and being, I'm going to step into this. I'm going to deal with it. Because either way, I'm going to feel the pain. But one of them leads to freedom, and one of them leads to a prison. So you can take your choice. It's in these moments that we need to regain focus and to allow your determination to rise. You gotta fight for your freedom. We've got a great story from a girl named Jess. So why don't we check out the screen? Let's have a look. Growing up, me and my sisters had always been told um, how beautiful we were and everyone always gave us compliments about our looks. And I think I placed a huge amount of value in that. And so when I was 14, one of my friends commented um, how I was fat. I kind of brushed it off and didn't really um, realise the impact that it had on me. But over the next few weeks, I began looking in the mirror and I no longer saw myself as beautiful or how I'd always see myself. But I began seeing myself as ugly and fat and I just began to hate myself and I wanted to change that and I wanted to change those feelings and disappointment. My mind spiraled down into a really dark place. Before I knew it, I ended up deep dark down into an eating disorder where I was completely trapped, where I couldn't eat anything. Um, and it was like having a bully inside my head telling me that I couldn't eat, telling me that I couldn't drink anything. I ended up losing all my friends through it and completely isolating myself to the point where it was just me and this eating disorder. It impacted my parents in a huge way with them just being so worried. And it was like, they said it was like watching their daughter die in front of them without being able to do anything. Fighting against anorexia was so hard that it would have just been easier to give up. I remember going home from the doctor and just screaming in my room and just crying in the corner of my room and just even yelling out to God, asking him why he'd actually let that happen to me and why I had to go through this. And I remember um, it was probably the first time ever in my life I'd really encountered hope. And I felt God just say, you're going to get through this and you will be free again one day. And I saw just an image of me dancing um, one day free. And I for me, I didn't know when it would be or how it would happen because it seemed impossible, but it gave me hope in my darkest moment. I went to a dance audition with my friend because um, I thought it was a good way to secretly exercise without anyone knowing. And I ended up auditioning um, and I ended up getting into a dance crew and through that discovered my passion for dance. A few weeks later on the day where I was meant to be hospitalized and put in hospital, um, we found out that our crew had been wild-carded through to nationals. And I remember going to the doctors that day and she was filling out all the paperwork for me to go to hospital. And I just remember sitting there and being like, I have a choice. I have a choice whether I'm actually gonna fight and actually take back my life and actually go down the path of freedom and go to nationals and dance and do something I enjoy or whether I'm gonna stay trapped here, not being able to eat with a bully inside my head and ending up on a hospital bed. And that day I chose to fight through beginning to put on weight and actually beginning to eat again, God began to set me free little by little. It was a matter of months and months and months of declaring God's truth over my life before the lies actually began to shift. 
You need support. You need people speaking life over you. You need people fighting for you when you can't fight for yourself. And so I think having my family and having some key people around which would pray for me and which would speak truth and hope and destiny over me was a real key part in me becoming free. You know, such a great story. And like Jess said that, you know, we can find hope in our darkest moments. Maybe that's for you today. Maybe you're going to find some hope in a dark moment here today. You could find yourself in that dark place. And because of what God is doing in and through this service, you can find hope. You can find, I know, like a pathway forward to a better reality for your life, which is so cool. I love that about church. I love that this place does that. This environment creates a room for change. An opportunity for us to experience and receive the power of God in our lives to set us free, which is so cool. And the other thing she mentioned was we have a choice. You know, Jess, she had a choice, a choice to fight to take back her life or stay trapped in her prison. Paul and Silas, they had a choice, either to sit there in the prison, beaten and abused, wallowing in their circumstances, or to focus in and to fight determined for their freedom, lifting up the name of Jesus. We can choose to fight. You can choose. You have a choice. You know, I love that this morning I was just walking around the auditorium here with Nico, and we're just walking along, and he's by my side. He kind of sticks to me like glue. And, and I love that when I walk with him, I, I can just put my hand down. I don't even have to touch him. I can just put my hand. And he just knows that I'm there, and it's, it's crazy. He just reaches up and takes hold of my hand. For someone here, you need to know that God is walking with you. And that you have a choice. You can either keep walking alone, or you can choose to just reach up to the hand of God. Grab hold of the one that can free you. Grab hold of the one that wants to do life with you, to set you free from your prison. It's true, there is a, there is a great escape for us. There's a great escape for you. And even when things happen to you, I know stuff happens to us, right? We go through life, things happen to us out of our choice that we can feel powerless to break free from them because it may feel like we've been placed in a prison. Somebody put me there. I've been through stuff. But we need to have a determination to say, I won't be trapped here any longer. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a choice that I was sexually abused. Like, I didn't have a choice in that matter. I didn't have a choice that my birthday had left me when I was born. I didn't have that choice. I couldn't choose the scenario. I didn't, I didn't choose to be bullied and bashed at school. I didn't choose that for me. That wasn't my choice. I didn't want to do life like that. But I had a choice of what to do with that pain. And you have a choice what to do with your pain. I had a choice of what to do with the prison that that put me in. I could either stay in that darkness and prison forever in my circumstances, doing life out of that place, or I could fight for my freedom. And I love that our fight isn't against people. It's not against people. You know, my fight isn't against the person that wronged me. My fight isn't against my granddad who abused me or my birth dad who left me. That's not where my fight is. Ephesians 6, 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, I believe Paul and Silas, they understood this. Their battle wasn't against the jailer. It was in the spiritual realms. And in their fight for freedom, there were no natural weapons. You know, they didn't take on sword or fists or arrows. No, their, their weapons were the supernatural type. The power of prayer and praise. 
lifting up and exalting the name of Jesus. In Acts 16, 25, as we've read before, it says they were undaunted and they prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God. That's what we need to do in our prison. That's what we need to do in our darkest hour. That's where our battle is. It's in the spiritual realms against the forces of evil that would try and hold us down. That we need to lift up and exalt the name of Jesus, calling on his name. Team, why don't you come out and join me? That name above all names, the name that sets the captives free, the name that contains all power, the name that causes demons to tremble, that carries humanity's salvation. It's the name of Jesus. It's that name that sets us free. The beautiful name of Jesus. And we're in the fight. It's important to know who's in your corner. I've got great people in my corner. Trust me, pastors, friends, amazing people that speak life and love into me. But you know who I know is in my corner? I've got the King of Kings in my corner. I've got Jesus in my corner. I wonder who is in your corner. Who's speaking life into you? You've got to find those people. But more importantly than that, you've got to know that Jesus is in your corner. You know, even the great boxer Muhammad Ali, he had people in his ringside corner. He didn't do it alone. There was people in his corner. Who's in your corner? Would you call on the name of Jesus? Almost like a tag team wrestler. When you feel like you're losing in your fight, like you can't do this all yourself, tag in Jesus. Like slap, get in this. Boom, see ya. (laughs) See you later, pain. See you later, prison. I got Jesus on my side. Because if you keep trying to take it on alone, it's going to feel impossible. But if you bring Jesus into the picture, everything can change. Galatians 5.1, it says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. So take a stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Church, He's in our corner. Don't be enslaved by the things that's happened to you. Don't continue to live in that prison when you don't need to. Call on the name of Jesus in the fight. Focus on the cross. Focus in on on what He's done for us. I don't know what your harness of slavery might be or your prison may look like, but mine was failure, shame, fear, abuse, anger, pride, substance abuse, manipulation, lying, control. The list goes on, and I can't be the only one in this room with a list like that, amen? I can't be. If I am, help me, Lord. (laughs) But what prison do you need to walk out from today? What chains do you need broken off your life? What is it that you're going, I don't want to stick in this anymore. I'm going to have the determination to fight for my freedom. I'm going to fight with prayer and praise, lifting up the name of Jesus to find my freedom. The late Nelson Mandela, he said this after spending 27 years in prison. He says, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Church, you're going to have to leave something here today. You're going to have to leave something at the foot of the cross. You're going to have to leave something in the hands of Jesus. He doesn't want to carry the bitterness, the pain of what you've been through, what's happened to you. It's time to let it go. It's time to give it over to Jesus. If you really want to be free, if you really want to live in that freedom, if you really don't want to live in the prison anymore, give it to Jesus. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to. Be determined. Be focused. You don't have to. We can find clarity and confusion and a determination to fight for our freedom when we focus, when we're in the prison and we focus on Jesus and that the great escape is found in His name. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life, And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, church online, wherever you are in the world.
Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.